Network Automation Nerds Podcast. Hello and welcome to Network Automation Nerds Podcast, a podcast about network automation, network engineering, Python, and other technology topics. I'm your host, Eric Cho. You may have seen the hashtag lab every day on social media, or you may have come across the lab every day, you know, hashtag lab every day channel on YouTube that aims to inspire and motivate people. Today on the show, I am super excited to welcome my friend, Duan Lightfoot, creator of the Lab Everyday movement and currently working as the developer advocate at AWS. Welcome to the show, Duan. Hey, what's up, Eric? Thanks for having me. Hello, everyone. Hey, I am super excited to have you on the show because not only you... Uh, inspire people, you actually pave the pave a way forward. It's not just like, hey, look at me, I'm so cool. It's like, <laughs> how can you be as cool as Duan? And you know, every time you learn something, you're trying to share as much knowledge as possible. And that is super cool. Yeah. Um I like to say, you know, the road that I traveled was nothing but rocks and gravel. And so <laughs> yes. <laughs> Honestly, you know, a lot of the things that I've done in the places I've been, um when I started in tech, there was nobody that looked like me that were doing the things that I was doing. So, yeah. you know, having that guidance, having that mentor, you know, that I could connect with, relate to, um, that was kind of challenging. And I really didn't know how to navigate tech. And so now, you know, I really just focus on giving back the things that I'm learning in my experiences. I think that's very true because, um, I mean, and we're we're going to talk about more about, you know, um, kind of being black and in the tech industry, the challenges and the rewards and all of that uh, a little bit later in the show as well. But I think that's very true that you kind of led this movement. Um, I don't know if it's just me, right? Because it's almost like I bought a blue car and now every car I see is blue. <laughs> but now that I've seen you and I've befriended with you, chat with you on a regular basis, now I've seen a lot more you know, uh, black and minorities in the tech space, especially network engineering. Yeah, it's come. It's really come a long way. Um, I can't wait till we talk about that because um, I got my own, you know, viewpoints or like things that are happening now and things that you know kind of need to happen, you know, to really make it better. So we'll talk about yeah. it. Yeah, you know, another thing I like about you and your approach is, um, and we will talk about it, I promise. <laughs> but uh, what I like about it is it's a, it's a serious topic, right? And it's, it's something that, you know, deservedly so be, us be serious about it. But you also have a, a, a lighthearted approach to it, right? It, it is a serious topic, but we don't have to take it so seriously. And we do have to discuss it in an open fashion but it doesn't need to be like in a classroom and everybody take out pens and start taking notes. Yeah. It's not really something I, you know, I really openly talk about every day. You know, I'm, I'm mm -hmm. the type of person that likes to put in the work and do what needs to be done. So um, one of the ways I do that is by helping people get in rather than talking about how we can get people in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as soon as you have more people in then. um, it's gonna. It's almost like cultural understanding by osmosis. It's just like you're just being there, and you hear the link, uh, you know, the the, the talks, and the, you kind of share the experience, and then you know it. It automatically, um, not automatically, I guess. It's more, you know, you get more understanding. Right. Yeah. 
for sure. All right, cool. So before you know, we get into it, and I think actually it's a good way to get in touch of you know the uh, all the topics we're going to talk today is just that how I mean I've I follow you for a long time and I kind of know the stories that you share, but for people who ha- maybe haven't heard of you or maybe who were not as in depth knowledge of your background, can you tell us a little bit about how you got into tech, how you got started? Your military expense, for example. Yeah, so um, my name is Dewan Lightfoot. I'm, I'm a developer advocate for AWS. I'm an Air Force veteran, which is how I got my start in tech. I'm also a network engineer that automates and gets to do gets to do cool stuff in the cloud. I love what I do, um, as well as I'm a YouTuber and content creator that focuses on helping others advance their careers in tech. Um, I mentioned that I love what I do. I'm, every day I get to wake up and learn something new. Um, and for me, it's a blessing. You know, it's a lot of people that hate hate going to work. You know, they <laughs> just, <laughs> they, they really don't enjoy it. Yeah. But, you know, for me, I am passionate about it. Even when I was in operations, you know, it never really stressed me out because an outage is just another opportunity to find that ACL that's blocking (laughs) (laughs) the the service owner who so elegantly (laughs) asked us to open. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, yeah, but you know, um, that's a great way to look at it. But I don't know. For me personally, it's almost like you can't be happy every day. But as long as you're not unhappy for like twenty days in a row, right? <laughs> then, yeah. then I'm okay. I could settle for you know happy most of the time. Man, that, that's a good point. You know, I had posted something on Twitter yesterday about. Um, Because people have been telling me that, hey, you know, you're winning. Like, you keep passing all these certifications. Things are going great. But I don't get too happy when I win. Mm. But I also don't get too down when I lose. Sure. Because, you know, just growing up in my childhood, every time something good would happen, something bad was right around the corner. And so what I learned was that when the good things happen, be prepared for something bad to happen. And when the bad things happen, find the good in that moment or be prepared for something good to happen. And, you know, and just kind of keep a balanced approach so you can always remain focused and on course. Yeah, that's a, that's a very Zen of you. <laughs> so um, because of the pandemic, I think I took up the habit of uh, meditation and I use this app called no, no affiliation, but I use this cap app called 10% happier. Mm. And some of the teaching that they, they have the meditation teacher show you was, you know, kind of being an observant role to say something good happened. Like you mentioned, Duan, that, uh, you're just kind of observing it go, uh, you yeah. can feel happy, but don't be too influenced by it. And if something bad happens, on the other hand, you could just kind of observe it as well. Like looking at the waterfall and you just kind of men- making a mental note and say, okay, uh, you know, this is bad. And I feel angry, but instead of react to it, then you could be calm and respond to it, like you mentioned. Yeah, you know, I'm in 2020. My grandmother passed away, mm. <clears throat> and like in that same month, you know, I was doing a giveaway every day of the month. Like you actually helped me, you know, give away your book. Mm-hmm. I think you gave me like 10 copies of your book to give away, and I end up, I don't, I think I gave away over a hundred thousand dollars worth of 
like content. Wow. In that in that month. But in that same month, my grandmother died. Mm-hmm. So I was I was happy and excited to help people, but then I'm crushed because my grandmother passed away. Yeah. And then I get hired by Cisco DevNet. Yeah. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> so it's like, so you just kind of remain um, you know, balanced and just accept the things that come, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I hear you because um things always happen like that, right? So I remember even when we were uh originally scheduled to to record a session on your on your uh, channel the first time, and um, I think your one of your best friend actually passed away, and you were on a flight to attend his funeral yep. um, during that time frame, and um, and of course you're always you know trying to be positive and all of that, but that was a difficult time too. So it's always like you know the ups and downs, and like you said, you just have to kind of keep even keeled and don't be too too high or too low so that you could. Remain focused on your goals. Yeah. I mean, I know I, there's been times, you know, like let's just keep it in tech. Like, sure. Failing the certification that you worked really hard for. Yeah. Like for some people, that will knock them off course, like yeah. for a long time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I learned that, okay, if I got, I think I learned this on the CCNA is that, okay, I felt the CCNA the first time. Well, that means there's things I don't know. Mm-hmm. And so if I don't know these things, that means when I walk in an interview, I'm not going to be able to talk about them. So this is my opportunity to sharpen my sword so I can yeah. pass this exam right. and be prepared to get the job that I want. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's perfect, right? Because would you rather fail an interview or would you rather fail a certification test? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this is just one more chance for you to discover your weak points and to like patch those holes, right? Yep. That's nice. So you mentioned both network engineering and cloud computing. So how did you get started in either? Like, how did you get started in network engineering and eventually go into uh, trying to tell the stories for for networking in the cloud? Yeah. Um, so I love to connect things. And when I started in tech back in 2000 in the Air Force, I was on a help desk. And I, I think I told this story several times, but in that time on the help desk, we were migrating from um, Windows NT to um, Windows 2000. And, you know, I'm learning system administration and things of that nature. But what I really found was that the networking piece, like, <clears throat> excuse me, the networking piece, like, intrigued me the, the absolute most. Um, we had a guy on our team named Pat. He was, like, the person that knew everything. And um, he actually got his C- CCNA and ended up getting out of the military. And so when he got that, I was like, what's the CCNA that yeah. was allowed you to get out the military? Because in what, 2001, I don't like if you had the CCNA back then, you were on top of everything, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so when when he got that, it just kind of always stuck with me throughout. But it was just a mountain that I thought I couldn't reach until mm-hmm. until about. I think it was 2013. Mm-hmm. So 13 years later when I was yeah. like, you know what? I think I'm going to try this. And so I started learning networking and ended up, you know, getting the CSET. And I'm like, I'm really loving this. And at the time I was a network technician for an ammunition company. And so we had mm-hmm. about 40 buildings 
which was, I don't know, 40,000 acres. It was a huge infrastructure. And yeah. so, but it was flat. It was pretty much all layer two. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> right. What could go wrong with the yeah, uh, 40 you know, acre, fly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, broadcast domain? Like it's nothing. So right. in, in that time, I got to learn a lot, you know, about networking from, you know, collision domains to broadcast storms to um port channels and port uh, misconfigurations. Sure. And then I had a project to configure networking to get rid of some of those um, layer two, layer two domains that we had. And so at that time I was working on my CCNA. So while I'm learning the CCNA, I made it to pl- apply it at work and that just in, in, increased my excitement for networking. And that's just kind of how I got started. I can go on and on about this, but we'll just kind of pause there. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the best way to learn, right? Because, you know, you, you learn something at night and then you immediately saw the impact or immediately clear apply in your day job that, um, that kind of make that knowledge stick. Um, yeah. so that's, that's perfect. I think a lot of people would probably Roger that as well. You know, people who are studying for, I mean, I, for a time when I was studying for my IE, I was working for Juniper, right? So I was like, <laughs> in the daytime, I was doing all these Junos or back then it was Nest yeah. screen. So like screen OS stuff and troubleshooting, dig really deep, talk to a developer. And then at night I have to do a whole contact shift and, you know, starting for the iOS commands and then do these other stuff. Um, so it was really hard, but in your case, that was perfect. You just kind of, you know, have your study session at night and then apply it in the morning. Yep. Uh, for my CCMP, it was a totally different situation. I was working for the government as a system mm. administrator while I oh. got my CCMP. So that was oh, a totally wow. different situation. So I could relate to you. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, um, I could imagine that's, a little different than um, you know doing doing just purely networking, but now you're doing uh, cloud computing as well. So, how did you, you know, what made you want to change, and what intrigued you about cloud computing that you want to kind of dig deeper into it? <clears throat> That's a great question, because when you think about being a network engineer, oftentimes, specifically in larger organizations, we're siloed. So you can have a LAN team, you can have a WAN team, you can have a data center team, a firewall team, and even a cloud team, right? Right. And so when I, back in 20, what, 2019, Mm -hmm. I decided that I wanted to go for my CCIE, which if I could give any advice to anybody, if you get your CCMP and you have it in your mind to get your CCIE, keep going. Don't stop. (laughs) (laughs) like keep going so while i'm um deciding to go for my ccie i'm i'm looking at the industry and i'm seeing okay do i want to be a ccie route switch because at the time i don't think we had the new ccies yeah so i was ccie route switch do i want to go enterprise do i want to go security um and i'm i'm just kind of asking myself these questions and at the time I wanted to go route switch, but then the pandemic happened mm. and I'm like, you know what? Let me reevaluate this again because the Cisco came out with the new certifications. And so 
it's now you have the enterprise as well as I think we still have the data center. So I started questioning, looking at the industry. Um, I was working for like a hospital MSP that was responsible for all of the hospital, like 500 hospitals across the country. Wow. And we were standing up v- VPNs for these hospitals because they needed to expand their infrastructures. Yep. And so while this is happening, I'm like, you know what? The amount of time that it's taking to expand these infrastructure is really changing how businesses operate. I don't think I want to stick to traditional networking. Um, I was either going to go data center or the cloud, but only experience I had with the cloud was connecting VPNs to the cloud, extending infrastructure to the cloud, but not actually in the cloud building um, VPCs and all of that. Right. But I always wanted to, but I also am the type of person that I don't like to study things that I don't do. Mm-hmm. But at the, so at the time I was learning ACI, I'm doing data center. I'm doing, I'm on Nexus every day. I'm on MPLS every day. So I was like, okay, well, until I can get cloud experience, I'll just go to data center track. Right. Yeah. Well, it's so ha- just so happened while I'm at DevNet, um, I, the director from, or my manager from AWS reaches out to me and offers me an opportunity to come to AWS and learn the cloud. So I'm like, you know what? I really want to learn this. I'm a, this is something I always want to do. Let's go mm-hmm. for it. Yeah. So I am dying to know <laughs> because <laughs> it's been, has it been three months um, since you made the jump? Yes. It's been three yeah. months. I, I mean, I reached my 90 days. Got it. Yeah. So it's been three months and you were, like you were mentioning, you were maybe at the edge of the cloud, right? Like you were, you were touching the cloud, but not exactly like inside building VPCs and, you know, doing, uh, spinning up, you know, VMs and tearing them down. So what surprised you the most or what was your biggest takeaways in these 90 days when you just, you know, you're onboarding and you're like learning night and night and dying day and night. Um, what, what's your takeaway 90 days in into the, the cloud advocate? Ah, uh, this is why we have infrastructure as code. <laughs> <laughs> Explain <laughs> my friend, please. That, that, you know, that was like one of the first light bulb moments is that, you know, your entire, entire infrastructure is a state file, mm-hmm. you know, your entire infrastructure is a file that contains all the resources that you need in the cloud. Right. right. And so you can deploy, maintain, configure your infrastructure straight from code. You can monitor the state and in code. And so when you talk about infrastructure as code, it's specifically around the cloud. And right. Right. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, so can you explain a little bit the difference between like, say, VLANs, right? So VLAN is still a, a partitioning, you're, uh, you know, kind of uh, abstracting the physical layer into like a layer two domain. And like you said, you're partitioning things, but a VPC is a little different than the VLAN, right? Like how can you um, kind of explain what you said about your whole infrastructure is a file versus like, you know, maybe you could, you know, kind of derive your infrastructure from various configurations. I, I think you're reading my mind, Eric, because <laughs> when hey. it comes, yes, <laughs> yes, because as network engineers, we're used to looking at 
layer two VLANs and then your layer three routing domains, right? Yeah. But when it comes to the VPC, you do have subnets, but broadcasts don't exist. Right, right, right. So that's one piece. The second piece is VLANs as we know it don't exist. So right. if you have multiple subnets that are their own subnets, every subnet in a VPC can communicate because the VPC knows all IP addresses that are in the VPC. Right. Yeah. So I think, I think that was a um, huge, um, that was a huge milestone for the cloud in general uh, of the creation of the VPC, if you will, in my opinion, anyways, do I? So um, I remember, you know, when, so back, when you know in the stone age when i first joined aws <laughs> um it was uh, it was a flat network right then yeah. and um the first thing that people so so i joined when s3 was there and then the next year ec2 launched and that took off like a rocket but back then ec2 everything was still on the flat network and they they call it ec2 classic and they right. like finally deprecated you know like I, I don't know 2 years ago or something but the first thing that people were were dying to request was, you know, security, right? That was the number one question. If everything is on a flat network, what about security? So VPC was what they set out to be, like the smartest folks within AWS needs to solve this problem in order for it to grow. And VPC right. was the, the kind of uh, the solution they came up with. They could name it anything, but because they wanted it to be friendly to like the network engineers like you and me, they decided to pick a, a familiar name. And I remember sitting in a room, listening to kind of the, the prototype that they were talking about how this VPC will work. Right. And that was crazily like lightning moment, right? Like I'm like, this is going to change everything. And um, and as you were alluded to, it's like everything is now virtual. Like yeah. if you think of the, the MAC address, you used to think that's the burn-in address and that's burn in but no <laughs> in vpc yeah it's, it's not right like yeah. you could fake your mac address and all yeah. of that so besides that i mean is that um is there anything else that you were um kind of just kind of took you by surprise or coming from like a tr- more traditional background that you found very very interesting in aws networking yeah it's, it's all interesting to me um i think one thing we need to clarify is vpc is virtual private cloud and that's yes, virtual yes. port channel <laughs> no no oh i'm sorry yeah you know you're absolutely right yeah we took that for granted didn't we <laughs> yeah so um i'm to be honest with you i'm still trying to find the perfect analogy for a vpc in the cloud yeah or, or, yeah. or vpc in general but it's a data center inside of that one vpc all of your traditional network constructs are happening. We just don't always see them because they're abstracted. So previously, as like you said, we have a networking team, which right. controls of the echoes within the network. And then we have the system administrators who, you know, if they do the IP tables on the host level of uh, echoes on, on that way or control your firewalls that way. But now within the cloud, everything's virtual and you could actually configure both into the same configuration file on you know, both the host level ACOs as well as the network level ACOs, which is, like you said, infrastructure as code. Yeah, I think we should do this again and actually um, put up a PowerPoint or a diagram and actually <laughs> get into the AWS console so we can kind of walk through this because um, that's kind of one of the things about the cloud is that 
we can talk about it, but as as network engineers, I, I don't. I, I'll talk about myself specifically. I'm visual, sure. so anytime mm-hmm. I, we're talking about a network solution, I'm hopping in Visio and I'm dying, diagramming it up. And so you gotta kind of do the same thing in the cloud, but you gotta get used to the boxes that we use for, to display the VPC. You know what I yeah. mean? And kind of get understand how things are diagrammed and laid out in AWS. Yeah. And I, I totally agree. And I think lucky for us, you're, um, we were chatting before the, the recording that, you know, you're just about ready to tell that cloud story and you have a lot of content geared up to be released, right? Yeah. I'm excited for it too. Yeah. I haven't been ex- excited since I started network automation. Oh, wow. So I, I really look forward to that because I know, you know, once you get excited and you're, uh, very motivated. It's almost like you open the floodgate, right? Like, yes. just, bam, <laughs> you get the full experience, you know, yes. you're almost knocking off your feet. <laughs> so that's cool. Um, so yeah, so we should, we should probably also talk about, um, what we alluded to in the beginning where, um, you were talking about, you know, you're black and you're in the tech industry and that kind of presents itself in the unique combination and, and challenges. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, what, what your thought, you say you have a unique perspective and I'm really eager to learn. Yeah. Um, so challenges of being black in IT, you know, I think we can talk about being underrepresented, right? Yes. But I think that's kind of changing for people that are getting in IT. Some of the, some of the problems that we faced were, um, the lack of the resources, like in our communities, Mm-hmm. So a lot, a lot of times, you know, people from my, you know, the hood, for for lack of better words, when sure. we make a certain dollar amount, we move out, right? Mm-hmm. And so, growing up, I ne- I didn't never seen software developers, network engineers, and anybody in IT. And I talked to people that are in high school and coming from the inner city. They're pretty much the same thing. When they talk to me, I'm the first network engineer or developer advocate even that they even know about, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that lack of seeing people that look like you, the lack of resources were part of a problem. But I think the bigger problem right now is the lack of representation at the top. Okay. If you look at the entire list of fortune 500 companies, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Since the beginning of the list, there's only been 19 black CEOs. Mm. currently there's four black CEOs. So there's 500 companies and four black CEOs that's under 1%. Right. Then if you go even deeper than that, there's never been a majority black owned fortune 500 company. Oh, really? Okay. Never. So when you talk about the challenges that we face now, we're able to get in tech, but how do we advance in tech? How do we right. get past mid-level? Because, <clears throat> yes, I do see black execs on a lot of major companies now, but most of them are in diversity. Mm-hmm. That's not people that are in tech. That's not people that are making decisions for hiring people that are black in tech. Like, I want to see us in positions. And it's not even just in positions, but have the ability to maybe even create our own and then grow that business to the point to where it's a fortune 500 company. So we can have that representation that we need to really um, make a change in this industry. Yeah. I think, I think you brought up a good point about representation 
and uh, I I don't know. Can I say context? So I say context matters, right? Like you know, in this context, that you need to be able to identify with uh, with that, so that you could you know it's a possibility, and for you to move forward. Like if I've never seen a millionaire, then in my immediate you know surrounding, then the mindset's very different from. I grew up in a place where you know millionaires are in the neighborhood where millionaires are commonplace. Where I think it's a given for me to go to like Ivy League college or whatever. So I think the context does matter and representation does matter a whole lot. Um, but you also mentioned a good point about not just represent but also extend further and um, be a decision maker, right? Right, a decision maker. That that's that's a that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, I think about something as simple as salaries that everybody can relate to mm-hmm. um, in tech. You don't know to ask for a hundred thousand until you realize that other people in your field are making a hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. You don't know to ask for two hundred thousand until you realize that other people in the field are making two hundred thousand. Same for three hundred thousand and above. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And so once you see others that have made it there, then you can start peeling back the onion to find out how they did it. And then you can start building those same skills or using those same resources to, so you can obtain it as well. Yeah, I think it's, um, I want to say it's the sports genes, the books, the sports genes, but it could be some other book that that I've read. But so they were talking about for a long, long time, they thought the 10 second um, 100 yard dash was a human barrier, like no human could possibly right. break the 10 seconds. Right. And um, and so for a long time, nobody did. But the first time, once that first person crossed that barrier, I think it came in like 9.96 or whatever. Right. And, and there's like five other people in the next year who broke that. And you right. see that over and over. It's like 40-yard dash or even the six-minute mile or whatever yeah. that is. It's like for a long time, nobody thought it was possible. But once w- somebody did it, then people look at it and say, it's possible and we could all do it. Yep. And 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 to me, that's what representation means. Yeah. Yeah. So, like you know, um, representation. You, if you just not just for any human being, right? Because that's really broad. <laughs> but right. like human beings, like you and me, or like like look like you and me, who did right. it, then that right. that means even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um. So we also talked about you know, uh, you have to be more mentally tough. You maybe have to work extra hard for the same kind of validation. Um, do you feel that's the case or do you feel that's kind of changing, um, right now? Yeah. Um, so we'll be back after a quick break. Hi, I'm Esprit Devora. I created Women in Tech so listeners could walk away feeling, if she can do it, so can I. I do not have an inclination if I will succeed at this, but I have nothing that will hold me back. It's not anything new that women are here. It's new that we're hearing our stories. I'm afraid of doing, but I'm too curious not to do it. You have a lot more power than you probably think you do. You got this. Subscribe to Women in Tech wherever you get your podcasts. In tech, you have to be mentally tough. Like that's mm-hmm. just what it is, because 
there's times where you have to deal with difficult teammates, difficult leadership, difficult customers, and then challenges of the actual job. So you have to be mentally tough to manage all of that. And sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, you'll have a great team, you'll have great leadership, you'll have a great customer, but the job can be grueling. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <for laughs> so sure. you, you have to be able to manage that because as a network engineer, if you're in operations, there's going to come a time where you don't know something. Like it, that's just that's just a part of it. And so you have to know how to navigate that. You have to know to you have to know when to um, find the answer. You got to know when to get out the rabbit hole. You got to know when to ask for help. You got to know when to provide feedback. <laughs> you know, you got to know how to provide documentation. You got to know how to provide, you know, um, whatever's needed for the job. Like, yeah, it, it, it can be really demanding in operations. So I think learning how to manage stress and le- learning how to be me- mentally tough is something that we all have to do, whether you're black or white, but, you know, specifically as a black man or a black woman, the challenges of feeling like um, you have to work harder than everybody. I don't mm-hmm. really think that's fair, but a lot mm-hmm. of times we feel that way. It may mm-hmm. not even be true, but just because um, the stereotypes and the, and, and, and the, the perception is that, we we're lazy or we're we're not smart enough or we're not good enough. Sometimes we internalize that and it can be hard to navigate an organization. If you don't have leadership that looks like you that can mentor you on how to know when the thoughts that you're having are true valid or when those thoughts are not valid and you just need to, you know, um, take a step back and approach the situation differently. Yeah. So what what are some of the advices that you could give for people to build mental toughness, not just for, you know, not just for black or white or Asian, but just to build mental toughness in general? Because you obviously hack that, you know, it's almost like you you came through with, you know, your your some of your challenges and you came through. So how do you build that mental toughness? Yeah, I think you build that mental. T- mental. Let me start over. Sure. I think you build that mental toughness through experience. Okay. Through failure, through learning from your failure, mm-hmm. through growing through the challenges. That's how you build it. Like it's not something you can just practice without actually going through it. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I, I can't get buff just by watching you lift weights. <laughs> exactly. No, you can't. It's, it's not. Oh, darn. That's what I've been doing wrong. <laughs> I think, you, you know, and so with that being said, if you're in operations, like don't back away from a challenge. Don't cherry pick tickets. Mm-hmm. If something is hard and you've been avoiding it, take the challenge and be okay with failing. Be okay with getting stuck. Be okay with having to ask for help and learning from it. So you don't have to ask for help again. Like that's the only way you grow. Mm hmm. But but what what about the time when, um, let's just say you have to be good, right? Like you can't lose this job. I know a lot of us um, feel the pressure, like, you know, you got a mortgage and two house payments or whatever. Right? I don't know what you did wrong, but two house payments, <laughs> <laughs> maybe your ex-wife, I don't know. <laughs> but, you, you know, you, you're under pressure in reality and you have to keep this job. Um, 
then how can you tolerate mistakes when you feel like your butt is on the line, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a tough question. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but you know, it's just kind of it kind of occurs to me as we as we talk, right? Like, how do you have any thoughts on that, or you know, you just kind of uh, you have to just gut through it. Yeah. Um, there, there's a couple ways to approach it. I can just okay. talk about myself. Sure. Early in my career, when I didn't take my career serious and I wasn't a IT professional, I had those fears, right? I worried about not being good enough. I worried about losing my job. But when I realized that I needed to learn, not just my actual job and take that serious, but I had to learn outside of work so I can grow my skills, grow my relationships, grow my soft skills, my technical skills. I mentioned relationships and do all of those pieces. Once I started doing that, I kind of looked at the way I approach corporate America differently because if I go into this job and I give everything I got and it doesn't work and I fail, like I may have a house payment, I may have this, but part of that is on me for um, I need to manage my finances better. And that's something that I had to do personally. That's why I'm speaking for myself. I learned to not live above my means and manage my finances better. So that way, if something does happen, I can recover from it and not be tied to a position because I mentioned operations is hard. Like, yeah, it's really hard. Yeah. Not all the time, but it can be. And so when, when those hard times come, you have to realize that, all right, is the job actually hard or do I actually need help on my team? Do we have do not have enough manpower? Are they calling me every night on call? Are they do I not have any weekends, any time to myself? <laughs> like at some point you have to realize maybe I need to find another job, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I, I hear you. Um one of my favorite books lately that I I'm reading, it's called The Psychology of Money. Mm-hmm. Um and um one thing they talked about and like I bought the book and I read the book and now I'm listening to the audiobook, right? I rarely do that, but that's just yeah. how much I enjoy the book. Nice. And um, I actually like made my wife listen to it as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> and the, one of the chapters they talked about was, um, I mean, they talk about many, many good points, but one of the good points they talked about was to be in the game, right? Like you have to be in the game in order to enjoy the compound. Like you could be saving all of your God. Um, but you have to be in the game in order. To, so you cannot make any decision that will wipe you out, right? right? Like will clean you. Like they were talking about, I think it was chapter two. They were talking about people being really greedy. Mm-hmm. So they were using the money they don't have to try to make the money that that they don't need. And by using the money they do have, then they do need. <laughs> and then you just kind of wipe them out, right? So back to what you were saying is, if I get the correct, right? Like, and I thought it's, it's very important. Uh, the point that you brought up was you have to build up your mindset and your macro skill, like your personality, you know, relationships, your mental toughness in order for you to stay in the game. Doesn't really matter what comes to you, right? Operations tough when you get paged and then you, your lack of sleep, you know, uh, maybe your, your kids are not behaving, you're grumpy, but you still have a way to calm yourself down and, proceed at least be in the game yeah yeah i mean <clears throat> sometimes in operations and and just in tech in general you're going to fail and being able to talk about that failure in an interview and yeah 
what you learned from it, how you overcame it, how you handle it. Like sometimes that can get you a job just because you were able to experience that failure, learn from it, grow from it, reassess it and, and tell what you would do differently. Like yeah. sometimes that can be the, the thing that gets you over the hump right. rather than, you know, like being afraid, being ashamed, like, no, nah, don't be ashamed of it. Like it happened. And this is what I learned. Yeah. The, I don't know as, I don't know if it's still true, but legend has it <laughs> that, <laughs> that when you join Facebook and you went through the bootcamp and w- during the bootcamp, what they asked you to actually to write some code and merge into production, like oh, wow. actual Facebook like during <laughs> on ramp, right? Yeah. Like you're going through the bootcamp and then you merge code into production. And if you break something, you actually get an email from Facebook and say, congratulations, you know, you broke something and now it's time to like, go fix it. <laughs> like, learn from it and move on, right? I don't know if you break something for the second time, they're going to be as lenient. But um, I thought that was kind of funny. That's just another book that I'm reading and legend has it, right? I haven't yet to be confirmed. So if any Facebook employee, you know, have listened and listened to this uh, podcast and please call me and uh, confirm or deny that <laughs> that rumor so I could sleep better at night knowing whether that's true or false. That's hilarious. That's like for real chaos monkey. That would be like awesome to have like hire Friday or interview Friday. Right. And just have them go in there and break something and just have the operations team try to figure out what they did wrong. <laughs> yeah, you're like, hey, you know, you said it was cool to turn off that data center. <laughs> And the chaos monkey confirmed it, but guess what? You know, it's a uh, weekend on us. And uh, let me go order some pizza so we can work over the weekend. Right. <laughs> two pieces teams. Two pieces. Yeah, teams. yeah. Two pieces of teams. Yeah. That's that's kind of an insider joke, right? Like, so um, uh, yeah. So for the AWS, that used to be a one pizza team where wow. they 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 encourage a small team so it doesn't get you know dragged down by too many opinion, too many chefs in the kitchen, basically, right? right. But eventually. Uh, eventually it's not realistic to just have a one pizza team. So they, now they, they increase it to two pizza teams. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm surprised like now it's still two pizza. Maybe it's like extra large. <laughs> Some <laughs> of the teams, two pieces. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everybody needs to just eat one pepperoni. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, even, even when I was there, which was like 10 years ago, um, you know, some of the teams were definitely not two pizza teams, <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I mean, you're you're right. And um, what are some of the things that uh, you came across lately that um, that you you think it's worth sharing? And I'm gonna pull up your. I mean, if you're listening to the um, the, the podcast, I'll, I'll include all the links in the um, in the show notes. But if you're watching the YouTube video, you know, I'm pulling up Duan's um, Medium uh, blog post, and I think he mentioned. Um, that's what he's been concentrating on just to write, write more blog posts. Um, obviously, you know, you could follow him on Twitter and, as well as, you know, watch some of the videos that, uh, or all of the videos that he posts online, but things that he's concentrating on lately is the medium blog post. So did you want to speak a little bit about the, these two articles that you've published and, uh, maybe some of the stuff that you plan on publishing later on? Yeah. So <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm a, I'm a post on my medium as well as my YouTube. And the okay. goal is to share the things that I've been learning on AWS and to inspire others and help others, you know, um, build on a- AWS and advance their career. 
Okay, cool. So I saw this first post. That's pretty amazing. It's like how I passed AWS Solution Architect exam in a month. So we were we were chatting, right? Like this is an <laughs> absolute monster test to be done in a month. Uh, you know, if, especially if you started from like zero. So yeah. how did you do it? Like how um, short of people go read this whole article, uh, which is a short read, it's like seven minutes, but you know, can you give a gist of it? That's what something you've been working on, right? Yeah. So I spent 90 hours total in a month studying for this exam. Mm-hmm. For, 45 hours of that were strictly lab. Oh, the, okay. The, rem- the remaining time was broken up to watching videos and studying my note cards which are practice tests from Wiz Labs. But to be honest, it's a, it's a lot of information to try to achieve in a month. Like for much of the time, I felt comfortable, but there were times where I just felt like I was drinking from a fire hose because you can spend weeks learning about EC2, VPC, Lambda functions, um, you name CloudFront, cloud formation, all of these two like services on AWS are, you can go really in depth on. So some of it, I just really had to scratch the surface. And then not now that I passed the exam, I went on to pass the developer, excuse me, certification and kind of continue my learning journey there. Oh, wow. Okay. So what are some of the things that, or some of the exams that you have lined up? Like what's your kind of roadmap to into mastery of a uh um you know cloud engineer yeah mastery i can't see that happening in six months (laughs) (laughs) really it's not gonna happen in six months all right i'll take your word for it (laughs) yeah so this is a journey um where you know i'm gonna spend the first year pretty much just exploring everything about a vpc yeah you know, exploring all the attachments for VPC, all the different services. I think we have over 30 networking services. Oh, wow. Just networking. So crazy. Exploring those services and learning more about those and then writing and building content around that information. We'll be back after a quick break. Do you want to change the world? Former Tesla executive turned podcaster Billy Samoa is on a mission to help you do it. His show Inside Out reveals transformational insights that can literally change your life. If you're a change maker who wants to make an impact while you're on this planet, then this is the podcast for you. Through deep dive interviews with the world's most remarkable people, your mind will be filled with new ideas and perspectives that will give you the secrets you need to make your mark. Go to insightoutshow.com or subscribe to Insight Out on your favorite podcast platform. Yeah, that's it's amazing how how far they they've come um, on the amount of services, uh, and it's crazy that you mentioned there's 30 networking services. That um, I mean. And and what you said about mastery, um, for sure. I mean, it took me certainly longer than six months to actually <laughs> get like a production ready um, instance, right? So, yeah. you know, it really depends on what you're after. Um, I think you would be lucky in order to know, I don't know, five services really well um, and right. to be able to, you know, do something in production with it. So for me... Um, I think for me, I used 
on the daily basis, so uh, VMs for sure, right? EC2, um, of course, Route 53 for DNS right. management and all of the underlying architecture, right? VPC, as you mentioned, or NAT gateways, um, you know, internet gateways, so associated route tables, Lambda functions, um, API gateway that ties into the Lambda function, right. and then flow log, right? So those VPC are... Flow log. Yeah, so like... Yeah. If you just count those, that's more than five. And I don't think I master uh, any of them. Like I just go- be good enough to get by and, you know, launch the service that, like that. Right. But I mean, if you think about it, you know, the Solutions Architect Associates exam is about understanding this. We have over 200 services. So it's going to be kind of hard to study that exam and learn all 200 services. So right. it's more so understanding these services and how they di- differentiate the different services and how you can help a customer build on AWS and find the best service or solution for their situation. Right. 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 So right. There's experts in particular domains that actually <clears throat> build and maintain the services, but you as a solutions architect, you know, you're, you're designing this just like being um, a network architect. You know, you, you understand, you 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 listen to the customer to find out what they need, and then mm-hmm. you understand the different um, designs to help customers solve problems. You're not always the one implementing that design. And so the nuances that an engineer may face in building out the architecture, sometimes they run into problems that the architect didn't foresee because mm-hmm. they're actually the one building, you know what I mean? And so the yeah. same thing could happen as a solutions architect. So it's a, it's a really a journey as you're, you know, learning AWS. It's not something that you're just going to pick up overnight. Yeah, for sure. And plus like they're they're coming out with new services like what every other month. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like 200 and counting, right? By the time this podcast coming. released, it's like 225. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. There's over 200 services. Um, but man, it's, 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 I'm having a blast right now. Like mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't have never thought I'd be here, you know, last year or the year before that, you know, you asked me 10 years ago, I probably, I didn't even think I would be a network engineer at that. You know what I mean? So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm thankful. Yeah. I'm, I mean, that speaks to part of your, positive attitude right like i I really appreciate that duan i mean i i don't i don't know if i mentioned it enough right but (laughs) it's like every time i talk to you or listen to your podcast or not not podcast watch your video or you know uh, see your inspirational tweets it's like it uh it helps me a little bit like lift me up a little bit right i'm like you know you're so lucky <laughs> to have all of these. And what are you complaining about? Right. Like, you know, don't, don't be down on stuff. So I think it's really cool what you're doing on helping others and being vulnerable, right. Even just admitting, like you said, you know, operation is hard admitting yeah. that. I mean, so I, I've been in situations where I talk to engineers and it's almost like it's hard for them to admit any kind of gap in knowledge or failure. It's like they feel it's a sign of weakness and they always have to be, I don't know, the alpha male or whatever. Right. But um, but it's cool that um, you show that you can be vulnerable and come out at the other than being successful. Yeah, I'm just honest. 
I don't look at it as being vulnerable. I think I'm just honest about my experiences and I don't really have not, I, I try not to hide anything. You know, I'm not perfect. You right. know, everybody has something that, you know, that they may be ashamed of or whatever, but I do my best to own the things that I do and that happen in my life. You know, I don't, I don't allow anybody else to take the blame. You know, I just try to share my own experience from my own standpoint. Yeah, that's cool, man. I, I appreciate that. Um, I think that's that's the key. It's taking ownership versus thinking things are happening to you. Right. So, but you're taking ownership, so you you know you're in control of how you respond. So mm-hmm. it's like it, you know you can't control what's happening to you, but what you can control is your mindset and how you respond to it. And yeah. uh, and that's that's what I get from most of your most of your uh, you know tweets and and videos and. Is just like, sure, you know, bad things happen to good people, but you know, people respond differently, and that's why you can control. Hey man, look, Chris Rock got smacked in the face on live TV in front of <laughs> millions of people, and he handled that like I've never seen nobody handle a situation like he handled that. Mm-hmm. Like to turn it into a joke and then to carry on, man, that takes resilience. Yeah. Yeah, I just heard what he said on. Uh, and by the way, the, the, when we record this, I think that happened like two days ago, right? Uh, yeah. You know, if you if you don't know, go Google it. But it's a big incident. <laughs> you you must have lived under a rock or something if you haven't thought about it. But I think he responded brilliantly, right? He he went yeah. on stage. You know, I think it was in Boston the day after or two days after, and say, you know, I don't have anything prepared for you because I I really prepare for this you know comic gig <laughs> so i'm sorry i don't have anything but i'll talk about it and let's move on yeah, yeah. so that, that's pretty cool um he did he did respond it uh brilliantly and i think we all you know have our own opinions about the incident but right. regardless of your opinion you can't say that he didn't um he didn't handle it as well as he could yeah he, he handled that like Man, because I, I don't know if I could handle it the same way. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm cool, but that's just a different situation. Than right. Man. Just because you're Zen doesn't mean you don't get angry. You just oh, like yeah. react accordingly, respond accordingly. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. That's 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 funny that you brought it up, <laughs> but it's, it's appropriate. Um, so Duan, I think this question, this next question, I uh I I had it because you were talking about some of your, you know, I was watching one of your videos and you were talking about, you know, your upbringings and your experiences and your mindset. So I was, and I think you, you exactly said that on, these are the things I would tell myself, uh, my younger self from 10 years ago. And I thought that was really insightful. Do you remember any of those things that you, you talked about before and say, these are the things I would tell my, my younger self 10 years ago. Yeah, I I remember some of them. <clears throat> sure. Um, one specifically is save money. Okay. Like, that's, in my opinion, I'm not telling you to be extremely frugal, like talking to my younger self 10 years ago, mm-hmm. but I think it's important to um, establish a foundation on the amount of income that you make. Don't live above your means, you know, because mm-hmm. anything can happen in life and if you have, if you are securing your income, you don't have to make decisions that you don't want to make. Right. You're more in control of your life. So save money. 
the, the okay. second thing is going to be have tunnel vision. Okay. I mentioned um, about the CCIE. If you have your CCMP, continue on to the CCIE if that's your goal. Like my one regret, like I don't have so many regrets, but my one regret is not staying the course for the CCIE. Mm. Like I look back on that and I'm like, you know, people call me successful, but I think I failed myself by not sticking to something that I was really hyper-focused on. Mm-hmm. Um, after I passed my CCMP, I said, you know, I want to help people because as I was preparing for the CCNA and CCMP on YouTube, blog posts, social medias, training videos, I didn't see anybody black that was talking about Cisco networking. And so I decided to um, make YouTube videos and help people. Yeah. So I, I guess, you know, that was kind of my path, but I wish I would have just did that after my CCIE. I would have spent another six months because I think at that point, like I was so embedded in networking and I was so hyper-focused that I could have probably got it in six months the first time. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> have a singular focus and stick to your goal. Um, the third thing is going to be never doubt yourself. Okay. People will tell you that you can't do something, but just because they have their own limitations, don't allow them to put those limitations on you. Right. You can do anything that you put your mind to. The fourth thing is stay consistent. Mm -hmm. Like when I think about the journey for the CCIE, that's a consistent grind. That's not something that you can do for three weeks and take a week off. That's something where every day, lab every day, pretty much has to be a lifestyle. And I think yeah. for anything that you're trying to build, whether it's a YouTube channel, a podcast, you have to be consistent in it in order to be successful. And the last thing, which is uh, the fifth thing, is going to be have fun. Mm-hmm. In life, um, things happen. You're not always going to pass a certification. You're not always going to get the job that you want. <laughs> you, you, the job that you want all isn't always going to be the job you thought it was going to be. <laughs> you know, you, you really have to just take a step back and have fun, regardless of what happened in your life. Enjoy the journey and embrace it. So those are the five things. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, I think, man, you, you, you the, those five things. I feel like there could be like an episode. <laughs> like save money. Um, I mean, you know, I, I think we we talked about it, maybe not on camera, or maybe it was one of your episodes. But like, you know, I didn't grow up with a lot of money and. The reason I picked finance as my college major was, you know, I thought, you know, we're good people, but why are we always poor? Yeah. <laughs> like, why was worry about money? Right. And uh, we work hard. We're good people. And why is that? So I wanted to study money. And of course, you know, that become, uh, you know, kind of an obsession of mine to you right. know read about money, psych- the psychology of money book I-, I mentioned and all of that and like, you know, stay consistent. Atomic Habits, one of my favorite books. Uh, you know, yeah. learning how to learn, um, those kind of stuff. So I, I really appreciate those advices that you've given out. I think those are really sound, and it's almost like we could elaborate endlessly on on all of that. Yeah, we can. We can. Um, yeah, I just can't stress enough how important it is to live within your means. Like we live in America. So it's like the number one marketed like place in the world. If somebody yeah. wants to sell something, they bring it to America. Yeah. And 
There's all types of distractions. Even in IT, there's all types of distractions on what you need to learn today, <laughs> you know? And so learning how to really focus and surround yourself with like-minded people or people that are going to put you to be better and knowing how to manage your time, manage your energy, manage your income, you just knowing how to manage yourself, like that's that's important. But that takes time though. I don't even yeah. feel... Like, yeah, so you're right about, you know, like telling your younger self because that's precisely it. It's like these kind of stuff really takes time to yep. to learn um, even just about yourself. I'm still working on it. Like I need to manage my weight. So I still haven't managed <laughs> one thing yet. Hey, you and <laughs> I, I both, brother. <laughs> you and I both. Um, yeah, I mean, just between you and me, I gained 20 pounds. Oh, man. <laughs> During the pandemic, pandemic, just because I wasn't watching it. Yeah. It's easy to do, man. But hey, we 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 can fix it though. Yes, yes. We we have the technology, which is just <laughs> just some weights and uh, some cardio. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and, and the being consistent, right? Like yes. what you were talking about. Yes, being consistent. Yeah. No, I love I love all of those devices. And uh, if you if you're willing, you know, we should we should touch base again in like a year or so after you you get more, and we'll compare and contrast to this episode, right? Like a year from now what you know does he have the same answer does he have the same mindset about some of these other stuff and you know recount um on the uh all the stuff that that duan has has gone from you know march of 2022 and to like i don't know march of 2023 man i love that man you my boy eric so just say <laughs> the word and i'm here <laughs> yes and 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 um uh, Maybe I'll have like my uh, my sneakers on the back or something, right? Because right. you know, um, to your point about save money, I actually given up on buying all the latest kicks. But you know, all the all the previous ones, you know, it's enough to um, it's enough to fill the wall. Really, <laughs> I'm ashamed to admit that. But um, but yeah, you know, we should we should probably do this again and uh, touch base in in like a year or six months and. Just, you know, if nothing else, you're just a cool dude to talk to. Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for it, bro. All right, cool. Um, Yeah, we're coming up on the hour, but tell tell people where they could find you on social or, you know, any other place that you might be uh, producing content. For sure. Um, first, thanks for having me on, Eric. This has been like a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. You're awesome. You go out and find me at Lab Every Day on YouTube. Twitter, Instagram, which I don't use much, Facebook, <laughs> which I don't use much either. Um, yeah, Twitter, I mentioned that, as well as the one Lightfoot on LinkedIn. Feel free to reach out to me and check my medium. If you if you're in the reading blog posts, check my um, laberyday.medium.com. I'm posting blogs weekly there around AWS. Hopefully, they will help you. And if you have questions, please feel free to DM me directly. That's a double um, entendre, ain't it? DM me directly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, be careful what you ask for. Right. <laughs> You're going to be like, you know, just answering. You're going to have to hire a personal assistant to handle that because, know. you know, people people w- would ask you and hit you up on uh, on DMs. But but I do I do enjoy um, all of your content. Of course, we'll include all the uh, all the links in the show notes, and uh, for sure. We will uh, we'll talk again, Duan. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thank you, Eric. So you've been listening to Network Automation Nerds Podcast. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, 
and all the other podcast platforms. Until next time, bye-bye.